0: On this week's Solid State Podcast, your three presenters get a much-needed chance to return to form after a seemingly endless run of events, announcements, and New Year's coverage. We figured there was no better way to do that than a good old-fashioned parts bin episode to sprint through everything else happening in tech as 2024 gets up to speed. Apple News kicks things off with both ends of the spectrum— A look back at 40 years of the Mac and what that meant in 1984, how it's still shaping Apple and the industry as a whole today, and a closer look at what impact we expect to see over the coming years and, more than likely, decades to come. But as fun as it is looking back on all the fond years with Apple's storied lineup of desktops and laptops in seemingly every shape and size, the iPhone is really where the impact is felt on the daily by countless millions across the globe. And with great footprint comes even greater responsibility, as the iPhone also remains one of the most stolen pieces of consumer tech. So the latest version of iOS is here to beef up that security should it happen to you. Contrary to popular belief, though, there's plenty more going on across tech than just what Cupertino has to share with us. The Lens Wars are heating up for Canon's RF series, as are the mounting pile of legal bills. The gaming world has been invaded by small, animated creatures that you catch in a ball definitely aren't Pokemon and sometimes carry guns. And NVIDIA gives its 40 series of graphics cards a super upgrade that may or may not be all it's cracked up to be. If that seems like a lot, you haven't seen or um, heard anything yet. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce.
1: I'm Eric Sargent.
0: And I'm Cody Toscano and we are here to do a parts bin episode. I feel like the last, I mean, really few months have been very singular topics because as we talked about and everyone's tired of hearing, we're coming out the other end of gadget season. You yeah, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the kickoff in the earlier fall. It rolls through the holidays into CES at the top of the year. We just came through Samsung's event. Like there will continue to be events and announcements throughout the year. That's just the nature of the modern tech cycle. But I I, I do love this time of year because at least they are fewer enough, the terrible English and farther enough between <laughs> that. Um, we can spend more time talking about the, all the other stuff, right? Like there's a, mm-hmm. on any given day, there's plenty more happening in tech than just insert company here has new product X to right. sell for a seemingly ever increasing price. So, <laughs> We're going to spend today doing our best, haha, to uh, roll expeditiously, word of the day, yeah. uh, through a handful of topics, um, just kind of semi rapid fire style. I just think that's, you kind of, you know, gets the juices flowing for 2024. Let's see what else is going on out there that is of interest to us. And if we're somehow better lucky than good, it'll be of interest to one of you all out there, our yeah. dear listeners as well. So, um, The first one came from me. I mean, we do spend a lot of time talking about Apple on this show because, well, they're one of two, three trillion dollar companies that sell a lot of tech that we use. But, um, you know, we'd be remiss for saying, too, we're also, you know, historical fans of the company. They're not perfect. Long shot. I spend as much or more time being frustrated with them as I am delighted and pleased with their products. But as a kind of cornerstone member, founding member of the tech world as we know it, their history is very important to me, and I know it is to you guys also. Um, And and this week was one of those kind of big historical moments um, for them as a company, which means it is for all of the tech space, because so much of what we talk about on this show that we use every single day exists doing no small part to the products that came first. Many of which came from Apple. There's no Mm. like them, love them, hate them. There's no getting around that tangibly large portion of the DNA that is owned by Cupertino. There's just, you can't not. So what we're getting around is, uh, you know, this week, I believe it was Wednesday, if memory serves, um, the Mac itself. So not Apple the company, but the Macintosh, the Mac computer, um, turned 40 years old. That's wild. 1984 um yep. the max descended know, upon us
1: and it was the big the big talk of 1984 was their i think it was their super bowl commercial or their commercial I that so. aired was yep. you know kind of the first of its kind like they kind of recreated the 1984 feel with the big guy on the screen talking and the woman like running through the crowd of all these you know people that are all dressed the same and look the same and she tosses her giant hammer through the screen and, you know, and then they say, you know, 1984 is not going to be 1984. And it was like this big announcement of like their new computers right. coming. And yeah, with the with the release of the Macintosh. Because before that, they had the, like, they had Apple computers, obviously. Before that, it was more like the, the Apple, the, the Lisa, Apple II the Apple II, and, and all that yep. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was, you know, it, but the Macintosh was like, you know, I think of it like when they, when Steve came back around and they re- yeah. released the the iMac that kind of all-in-one iMac it was yep. it was that was the reincarnation of this It original was the logical Macintosh continuation computer. of that of that yeah.
0: premise cuz what what the Mac meant and really what the 1984 commercial that again is so like cemented in our yeah. history now what it what it was meant the story it was meant to tell was computers can be for everyone Right you know Apple wanted to charge you a comparative yeah. arm and a leg yeah. looking at you vision pro um for you know kind of your your cost of membership was um but price aside which is a pretty big thing to put aside by the way it more from a technological perspective it was meant to be the computer that in theory joe public could sit down in front of and use the tools that were baked in because that was jobs's whole thing right let's vertically integrate the product let's con- those were the earliest vestiges of we're going to control the hardware we're going to control the software i mean you and yeah. talk about where did the walled garden come from for better for worse it was that mentality mm, yeah like it, it was really built on we're going to make the whole experience top to bottom sell it to you for a price that's going to make us a crap ton of money And you're going to, and we are going to build a base of people who learned from day one, this is how you use a computer. And Mm -hmm. to do that, I go to Apple and buy their Mac. Yeah, and I mean, it
1: was, you know, came with a mouse, which Mm -hmm. years ago was new technology. You know, that was it was Revolution. it was all text-based before that. It was all typing into the into the console. And now you've got a graphical user interface. You've got a mouse to control it with. I mean, it's crazy to think about that. The mouse, that
0: an actual groundbreaking interaction paradigm. Multi-touch, an actual groundbreaking right. interaction paradigm. <laughs> the digital crown yeah not a groundbreaking (laughs) interaction (laughs) paradigm they set themselves up for that i mean i i I don't know it's been what 10 years now i've gotten to come back to the well of that particular jab but it's like (laughs) come on guys the digital crown on the same shelf as the mouse yeah okay they they did a good i mean
1: with as expensive as they were priced they did a great job integrating them into everything because i remember in school because I was in school when it was new, because um, I'm the resident old here. Um, <laughs> yep. there, was a, there was a campaign with um, Scott tissue paper, like toilet paper and, okay. and Kleenexes yep. and things like that, that on their packages, on their paper packages, like every roll of toilet paper, you would buy a, a bundle of 24 rolls of toilet paper or whatever, and on every one of those rolls was a little red apple on the piece of paper, and you would tear that off, and you'd bring it into your school, and they collected them, and then they were able to turn them in for credits to purchase computers for the school. So okay. my school was able to get to subsidize that and get you know with all the stuff they collected, and we had a we had a Mac in every classroom. Oh So wow. we got one of those oh, new nice. Macintoshes, so we would all gather around and play Oregon Trail because it was like yep. you know that was the bees knees,
0: you know it was like <laughs> dysentery it, abounded but, exactly. <laughs> you know, but it was you know it was interesting
1: because that was very early days for a computer in every classroom. And we had in little podunk Vermont. We had one of those and every, we had Apple two and some Macintoshes like spread out throughout the classrooms and stuff. So, you know, that's what I grew up on. And that's pretty interesting to think about. Like, you know, there had been PCs for quite a bit longer and here we are. Like Apple was integrated in our school system all the way up through high school. There was a Mac lab. There was like all that stuff Mm -hmm. was the, the normal for us growing up. They had cut themselves into schools so much.
0: Well, to your point, Apple's connection to education has been longstanding, obvious in our modern world. And I I do think it's why, I mean, we're going off on a tangent already. It's why I think Apple is so concerned about the Chromebook. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that connection between Apple and education goes all the way back to the earliest days of the Mac, to your point, and that's very intentional. A, it's a huge marketplace, so why wouldn't you want to be present there? But also, it speaks more to the foundational element of, we want people to learn on this platform so that when they become a high school student, they're using a Mac. When they graduate and go to college, they buy a Mac when they go and join the workforce, what do they want to work off of a Mac? And mm-hmm. it's like that, that mindset is now prevalent in the iPhone space, the iPad space. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you, you know, there's a play there to be had potentially with the vision pro. I mean, that, that has been again going back to Apple's DNA, which continues to make, I think it's one of the things that endears me towards him as a company again, right, wrong or indifferent um, to a, for the most part, they know who they are, for better or for worse, and that that consistency of the message, to be able to go back 40 years and mm-hmm. see the Apple Playbook be so relatively consistent to what it is today, yeah. here in 2024, I don't, I just love a known quantity in that way, right? I, I, yeah. I often disagree with them. I know they make questionable decisions because they're a big multi-billion dollar, multi-trillion dollar company that rules a big portion of the world, mm-hmm. but, that history, that connection through my entire life and certainly my entire career has been one of that consistent story um, going all the way back to 1984. And I just think that's that shared history that we have as an industry, as people that love the tech space in general, and as users of the products, I think it builds a large degree of that loyalty Uh, i call call it what it is i I, I am a loyal user of their products yep and i will be for the foreseeable
1: future yeah i mean that was the same thing with me i i grew up using them in school because of that and then when i went off to college i i got an apple computer it wasn't a mac at the time because that was during the mess that was you know before steve jobs came back so you had a pro
0: forma didn't you i
1: had a pro forma yeah (laughs) my parents (laughs) purchased it in uh it's Sears, and uh, yeah. and then I was able, and I was able to purchase a daughter card to upgrade it. To there you the go, nice, for, yeah, that's yeah, the business
0: like, right there. Yeah, Woo. Man,
1: good stuff. But anyway, that it was just like that was the thing. I mean, they'd already done yeah. that back then, and I mean, there was a number of years there in the middle where I couldn't afford their computers once the Mac right. came out again, and all that kind of stuff. Well, to were put were it, in, to, we and, we yeah. we
0: we'll, we alluded to it earlier to put it in perspective. So in 1984, that mm-hmm. that first Mac. $2,495 yeah, Two thousand four hundred ninety-five so, dollars in nineteen eighty-four dollars.
1: Yeah, twenty-five hundred dollars for yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. so do, doing some very quick math that you know factoring for some basic inflation, that's over seven thousand dollars in twenty twenty-four yeah. money. Yeah, Jeez. and that was the thing. I mean, it, it we in perspective, computers cost
1: a lot more back then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, personal computers. The IBM Absolutely. PCs. it's not like I mean, Mac was charging a lot. Apple was charging a lot, but it wasn't like it was that much no 1990
0: yeah yep 1997 we got our first what i think of as our first piece our true first home like my first computer we talked about it on the show my compact like like, we had a computer in the house it was from my dad's office it was one of those monochrome you know literal five and a quarter inch floppy drive green and black it was a packard bell actually if memory serves but um again that was it was it was it was it was the antithesis actually to what made the Mac we're talking about so powerful. It was command line driven. Everything yeah. was you were basically programming it to use the computer. Great fun. The probably some of the earliest days of my love of co- technology came from my, my 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 fam. The reason that computer was in my home was it ended up in my dad's office and no one there knew how to use it. Right. So they got tired of staring at the paperweight. So it ended up in our living room, and I. Taught myself to play stupid exploding banana gorilla game on it. Like this is like, mm. but that that was it. But then you, I think about that was the very experience that first Mac was made to counteract. To sit down and give someone a graphical user interface, a desk, a mouse, you know, things mm. like that. The and for I think everybody. Yeah, or the computer for everybody. And then I think about so that's nineteen eighty four. Thirteen years later what I think was my first, you know, capital P, capital C PC computer was that compact Presario in 1997 to your point about uh, price Eric all in that computer was in 1997 dollars well over two grand. If yeah. I, if I could find the receipts, I want to say my parents probably by the time it was said and done between the monitor, the printer, like mm-hmm. the full home computer setup that we had, uh, there's no way it cost less than $3,000 out the door. By the yeah. time, f- from Office Depot in $1997. Depot yeah. in 1997. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're, you're right. It, it was costly. It, it, today, a $2,500 computer is costly. But I actually think about almost inflationary. The cost of entry to computing is so commoditized today. When yeah. I think about the amount of computer you get, I'm just going to keep you know, you know, picking on Apple here, for a $599 Mac Mini. That yeah. entry level M2 Mac Mini, the amount of computer that is for six hundred dollars. That's yeah. that's the lineage of the Mac right there. In my, uh, we love to talk in the show about the Mac Studio and the Mac Pro and what mm-hmm. where is the Vision Pro going to go. That's all fine and good, but you want to know what's driving computing for everybody. That six hundred dollar Mac Mini. That $1100 MacBook Air. You know what I mean? the, the, the computers for everyone, the computers you should buy. That's the, that's the history. That's the lineage of the Mac. And it is no longer. I, I think I said it a couple show, a couple episodes ago. We still poke fun at the Apple tax because it's a very real thing across parts mm-hmm. of their product category. You mm-hmm. buy the full fat, you know, um, iPhone 15 pro Max. You're paying premium dollars for that phone. You you buy into the earliest days of Vision Pro. You're paying top tier dollars for that experience. You, you know the 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 four hundred dollar upgrade from a one to a two terabyte SSD. Like there are the yeah. Apple tax is alive and well. But oh, yeah. your cost of entry into the space effectively being owned by a six hundred dollar desktop and a more or less thousand dollar laptop. These actually are the computers for everyone. They are, in my opinion, the truest expression of what that Mac in 1984 was meant to be, which Mm -hmm. was buy this computer. Everything you need to do is built, is in the box. Right. And away you go. That, that, that lineage, that history, I think is so, so valuable. And credit where it's due. All the other weirdness that Apple does around us on any given day, that through line is what continues to make them special as a company.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Yeah, oh. Where we go from there, I guess we'll yeah, just we'll have find to see. Out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I can tell you this much. I do think, especially in the, we spend so much time over the last couple of years talking about the, how meaningful Apple Silicon is. Yeah. The future of the Mac is being built on the back of how how genuinely special to Apple and the industry Apple Silicon has been. There are advancements far beyond Cupertino. They're being driven because of what Apple Silicon has done to the Mac and is yeah. now and is now done to the iPhone and the iPad and the broader Apple offerings. Um, so that's that story that that book is not done, and yeah. I'm really excited to see what's ahead for it. Yeah, the next forty years. Yeah, right.
1: That's interesting it. to see where we are. <laughs> well, I, I don't did. Know, I don't so know Ridley Scott actually
2: directed that. that Super Bowl ad. I didn't realize yep, he did. Yep. That, is, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Crazy.
1: So keeping in the keeping in the theme of the Mac stuff, there was an update. Yeah. To. Um, I guess it was iOS is the big one um, that, that got this, this feature, but they've, they've enabled a, a new feature stolen device protection, which I thought was pretty yep. cool that they're, they're iterating this and they're really trying. Cause I mean, you know, it, iPhones are one of the most popular phones in the world. And so yes. by extension, they're one of the most stolen phones in the world. I mean, yes, people see are. one of those, they know they're worth money. They know the tech's worth money. So kind of the way things had happened was originally, you know, people would just swipe it out of your hands, right? You know, and then they could forcibly um, reinstall the software on there by plugging it into a computer. And you know, there, there was ways around you know, breaking into the phone and reloading it so you could resell it. Um, so they, they did some stuff to you know, find my iPhone and things like that where they you know, enable some security features on there, but they've now locked it down even more so that a lot of the stuff is now tied to biometrics only. So passcode means nothing, right? You have to do the biometrics, which means you can't bypass certain security features because I guess what had happened was the thieves get smart like they always do. Yeah. And they would watch their targets and they would keep an eye on them and watch them punch in their passcode. And then the minute they saw them punch in their passcode, they'd grab the phone and run. Yep, and, and, you know, so, I mean, you got the passcode, you could turn anything off, you know. Anything you, know, you Face want. ID fails a few times, you want to use your passcode, sure. And then you type in the passcode and you can do whatever you want. Reset the phone, resell yeah. it, everything. Now a lot of those features are directly tied to biometrics, either thumbprint, you know, or face ID, depending on which yep. device you have. Yeah, the, the, so.
0: there, there's two big pieces. There's there's the biometric requirement component. Mm-hmm. And then they've also uh, factored in a security delay. Yep. which is to perform certain high-level functions. It is you have to authenticate with some form of biometric, be it face ID or touch ID, wait an hour, and then do it again. Yep. So basically it's requiring distance of time and a second successful bi- to do like like changing device passcodes or, you know, re, uh, or your, your Apple ID password, so, the kind so of stuff where it's
1: yeah. – when you're kidnapped so yep. they can steal your phone, you have one hour to escape is yes. basically – That's your timer, <laughs> just so everyone knows.
0: Oh my gosh. That is like the best concept for an escape room. I've, I and i do not get me wrong. I, I like am mortified <laughs> at the concept of an escape room. Like I famously amongst my friends, like I will not do it because <laughs> I you don't want it, to uh, trap you in one. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the reasons why like, you know, you, you're going to be guaranteed that John will not break the law. I I'm like the poster child for being absolutely terrified of ever being put in jail. put me behind a door and lock it like that is like i'm not a claustrophobic person but i'm a very much like free to move about the cabin kind of person like the the cons being locked in a room nope there will be a john-sized hole in the nearest wall i promise (laughs) you um Uh, i i will turn violent very quickly so uh yeah um iphones get stolen a
2: lot so i mean this it is like a good oh it's a real thing yeah Yeah. absolutely where i'm living my sister got her phone stolen twice yeah. She, she was like out, out at a hand. bar and like her phone just got taken out of her pocket and one time out of her bag. Like it's yep. kind of crazy. crazy They're high. They're yeah.
0: high value items, but then the yeah. item itself is not just valuable. Um, I, I, I talk about this in other you know media opportunities that we do all the time. People have got to wake up to the fact of the amount of data that we're carrying around in our pocket on these devices mm-hmm. that could destroy your life. We, literally everything's everybody, right? Or like yes, everybody. It's
1: t- your, t- right? It's your bank. The, I mean, it's you, everything. If, you, if your face ID fails enough, you can type in your passcode to get into your bank. Mm, if it's yep. tied to that, if you're, you know, if you've got it set up yep. to do that and, and, you know, the, like and you that is and where grabs
0: your phone. Yep. It's, and it's that exactly it is. We have, we've have got to get to a point as a technology using culture where like these biometrics and MFAs have been with us long enough. We've got to just, we've got to give in and trust it. Because right the failback, and this this extends far beyond the iPhone. This is a feeling I have about MFA in general. Um, the whole concept of having the backup yeah. is breaking the security. Because yeah. if the whole point is to make it more secure, but if you fail it three times and you can use a more convenient they and they less secure them. option, what was the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Totally and we carry around the entirety of our identity on these devices your health data it's there your financial data it's there your you know, in certain states your driver's license everything you would ever need to leverage your entire credit is there on that phone all for the taking behind a four digit code that they might clock from across the bar absolutely not right. so there has to be advance there has to be technological advancements made to continue to make it, to give us the confidence in said technology. But then we, the user, have to wake up and say, the cost of is actually paying attention to the security of these yep. things, I'm not saying, Well, what if I'm wearing a mask and I need to get into my phone? Then yeah. set like th- there are there are ways to set these things up other than yeah. falling back to passcode. Mm-hmm. It's no and, longer an acceptable option.
1: And Cody and I were talking about this a little bit, like pre-pod. I mean, eventually, it's it's heading to the point where MFA is not going to be enough anymore. No, certainly and, not. And we're gonna we're gonna end up with you know external plug, like you know the USB keys and things Security like that are going to become you know. standard. We're gonna have to yep. use them for certain things. Mm-hmm. I I, I know we touched stuff. on it
0: very briefly on the like eight seconds of talk that we did last week on the um the on the galaxy ring, Um, I just thought it was really, really interesting. Again, as I said then, I think, I don't know that that's Samsung's play with that particular device, but it made right. me think about different concepts and patent applications I've seen over the years where going back to an element of MFA, again, one element, not the entirety, but one yeah. additional element being, to your point, Eric, something you physically literally have, be it some, mm-hmm. a, a secure key you plug in or a fob like a ring that is on your person, has proximity you know, detection yeah. abilities, right. yeah, yeah. things beyond, you know, the whole concept of MFA being something you know and something you have well, we've got to step to your point, a step even beyond that, you know, a combination of the password, the key and biometrics. I mean, I really do feel by, you know, Standards in biometrics are going to be one of those things. If you want to be wholly in on the Apple ecosystem, sure, options abound between face ID and touch ID and all these things. The minute you want to exist in a world brought to you by more than one brand, the whole thing falls apart. Mm -hmm. And that's an example of that's not an acceptable reason to have to live in the walled garden. You know yeah. what I mean? We, yeah. we, when these are becoming such tentpole foundational elements of our security, there have to be standards established for as an industry, this is how we're going to approach biometrics. As an industry, this is how that's going to plug into yeah. multi-factor authentication and security and access to certain data because a password is not good enough. I'm here to tell, we, we all know this from our daily lives, basic MFA tokens. Not good, no enough. good enough. We're mm-hmm. watching them get bypassed every single day, and no, it doesn't have to be as complicated as SIM jacking. And you know what? Those those kinds of attacks happen every day. But I was like, you know, no one's going to care. I hear this all the time. No one's going to care enough about little old me to go steal my cell phone number to get my MFA. Yeah, and you're probably right. Those are normally heavily targeted. But are you? silly enough to open a link in an email that takes you to a page that you authenticate and then it rips your MFA token. How they simulate your, your session somewhere else. That is a high, mass hacks take place when the hackers can automate the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. That process can be automated and they can cast a wide net across tens or hundreds of thousands of users at a time. They don't care about you. Yep. They care about getting 10,000 of you. Mm-hmm. And then gathering everything they can off the yep. bottom. And that's so. just for all of our listeners out there, that's not
1: theoretical. We are literally seeing that happen Living every it. single day. Every, every day. day. It happens every day. I'm dealing with it. So yep. yep. So on to some other stuff to try to drive yes. this forward here. There the some legal stuff here. So I thought it was funny. We both we've talked about it in the past on the show that I had and now have sold and gotten a different ecosystem. But John, you still have your um, your canon. Uh, I do. camera. So yep. the, the R series wire, um wireless mirrorless cameras. Um they had a new wireless but it's rubbish. <laughs> they, had, they had a new lens mount for it, the the um the RF mount for their lenses. And everyone was expecting, you know, like always, they would have their Canon lenses only for a little while and then they would open up the mount to third party Lens maker. Well,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone expected it because at one point, at least they Canon did. said they were going to do that. It wasn't just everyone's assumption. Well, yeah, that, Canon did at one point say we're going to and then they walked it back. Am I remember? I
1: don't remember okay. if they did or not, or if it was just expected because it is what okay. it's historically what they've always done. It, it, well it's, it's also been a mount uh, if you know, i
0: can't stand on that then i'll at least die on the hill of it's the it's what they should do done. absolutely that falls yeah. that falls under the be better category yeah, but exactly. sorry go, go right ahead so
1: and they and some people you know reverse engineered it because they figured mm-hmm. they're going to open it up so we're going to reverse engineer it so some yep. some people a, a while back had um reverse engineered some autofocus lenses for yep. the rf mount and they came out to great fanfare. They were inexpensive compared to Canon's offerings and they were, it was a good quality lens. It was an 85 millimeter lens. It was great. Um, Canon sued the pants off of them and said, You can't sell this anymore. Oh. Um even, you know, cease and desist, all that kind of stuff. They ended up, they, they can't sell the lens anymore. So apparently there's another, and I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to try, but there's another company. Um, it's a Chinese lens manufacturer and it's Yongnu. I have no idea. Y O N. G N U O. So there you go. They have just decided, you know what? We don't care anymore. So they're putting out a 35 millimeter F two autofocus lens for the RF mount. They know that Canon's against it. They don't care. They're just going to raise right. it anyway. And it's like a, I think it's like retail. It's like $300 or $350. And it's probably going to go for less than three, closer to two fifty. So they're
0: effectively going to the, you know, YOLO come at me, bro yep. playbook yep. Is, is pretty much what they're,
1: what, what they're going to do is they've announced it already, which means they've likely manufactured however many of these lenses they were going to manufacture. They've just, they manufactured all of them and they are going to put them out on the market and they're yep. going to sell them all out. And Canon's going to send them a cease and desist letter and they're going to go, Oh, we already stopped.
2: But yeah. so all the ones that they wanted to sell are already out. Up. Okay. But,
0: but, Pandora's, but, but the box is already box open. The open. Yeah. lenses okay. are in You're the right. wild. And and we're so
1: sorry. We are bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly but they've already they've already made their you know 100 million dollars or whatever they're gonna make on the amount of lenses that they did and then they're just gonna move on sure. to whatever they're gonna do next so i mean it's just interesting that and canon canon needs to come around is basically what it they is. do right they, they've got to you know they have their lenses that are high quality that work really great with their system that's great and tamron sigma all of these lens manufacturers that make lenses specifically you know, third party lenses that are slightly different focal lengths and slightly different F stops than the ones you get from Canon. There's no reason why you can't have those. They can all coexist. No. There's so many people yeah. out there that are going to be like, you know what, if, I'm going to save up and buy the Canon.
0: Yeah, you know? ex- exactly. If Canon's that concerned, make a better, le- make a lens that's better than everyone else's and people will buy it. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah. And locking and
0: out they, the market is not an acceptable strategy.
1: And that's the thing that, every, that has everybody floored about this is they already do. Right, I mean, canon's lenses, good lenses for the yeah. RF and no, That that was the lenses. that was
0: the tongue in cheek. Like yeah. I you guys know me. I, I want all the competition, the space I can get. Yeah. Guess what? I'm still gonna buy a Canon lens because yeah. I believe in that the tight integration and like the 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 vertical ecosystem. Like I'm I'm good there, but I'm not good with that being the only choice because someone's right. legal department said so.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean that's the thing. It's like do you want to sell your cameras? Because like you've got, they've got some entry level camera offerings now, which is great. And they've got a couple of entry le- level lens options, but there's some people that are like, they want a slightly better lens, but they can't afford $2,500 for Canon lens when they're buying a mm-hmm. six, seven, $800 Canon body, you know, because they like Canon's ecosystem. So let them buy the camera body and then yep. buy a different kind of, well, you're still getting the money for the camera body that yeah. you wouldn't, you know, <laughs> because all this is doing is making them go, you know what never mind i'm going to go grab a sony because they let yeah. me use whatever i want
0: yeah. i'll 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 put it to this comparison you know bringing a full circle to our very first topic because you know i have been accused of bringing every topic we have back to apple somehow so here we go <laughs> no so so what i just said about you know i i open it up and i will i i will say right now i would continue to buy the canon lenses if you feel that's in, you know, dear listener, if you feel that's in contrast to what I just said earlier about Apple and the power of their vertical integration and that was Jobs's vision of controlling the whole right. stack, don't mishear me. One of the things I can I have believed my entire life and continue to believe Apple should do is f- freely make macOS available on whatever you want. Mm. Yeah. The whole concept of, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it, exactly. I was that kid in college. I built, I built several and mm-hmm. it was not legal and I had great fun. But you know, Excellent. the fact, the fact that what I was doing, I don't expect them to release and offer, any kind of support. I don't, I would yeah. not expect them to, you know, I don't even care if they want to give it away for free or sell it for 99 bucks a copy. Couldn't care less. But the fact of the matter is, if someone actually wants to go through the rigmarole of building a piece of hardware, putting their software on it, and then, ops, oh, by the way, in the modern services vertical anyway, start then paying them for iCloud and everything else because yeah, they happen right. to build a computer, put macOS on it. How did you lose? If you want me to keep buying a Mac, continue to make the Mac the best possible way to get that experience because, P.S., by the way, that's what it's already going to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to hear, well, John said over here that isn't Apple great because of all the, you know, the, the, the power vertical integration, the walled garden, but over here, bad Canon, bad. No, I believe the same across all of them. Make the stuff available. Let competition do what it does to make them better and make you better. Continue to make Continue to make the reason why people buy your product be that it is the best product. That right. is the best possible way. So back to these lenses. I would continue to buy Canon's lens so long as it continues to be the best possible expression of those lenses. And I firmly believe it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: no agreed. Yeah. I mean, it definitely would be. And it's, 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 I'm happy that this is happening because I think this is what's going to have to happen. I think that a lot of these third party companies, I mean, Sigma and Tamron are never going to do it because they're, they're big, big players in the market, you know, but a lot of these like, um, Miki and this one i can't pronounce and like several other of these chinese brands they just need to flood Mm -hmm. the market with rf lenses just flood the market and eventually canon's gonna go okay we need to license our mount so we can at least make something from this because at
0: that that point what would they rather do continue to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in legal bills or start collecting money in licensing exactly so would you like to to burn money or make money yeah that's a good
2: point yeah just license the the mount that's what they do yeah they've (laughs) always
1: done in the past they license the mount you pay they give you the the right processing software to put in your lens so that Mm -hmm. it communicates properly and the autofocus works and all this kind of stuff instead of these these guys are plugging these lenses into computers and pulling the code off and reverse engineering the mounts and all this kind of stuff and it's never perfect but they do the best they can and canon just you know doesn't want people doing that, I guess, with this new mirror. Well, and going system. back
0: to, you know, I, I'm famously not a big you know fan of the lawyers, but this is a case where I also don't believe in the wild, wild west either. Right. If they were to do the responsible thing and license it out to people where they gave people the option to pay properly for access to the technology that Canon, I I am very respectful that Canon invested countless hours and piles of money into making this technology exist in the first place. And I'm not a believer in they invested all that and then someone reverse engineers it and then just has free reign to go sell it and make a buck off all their efforts. That's not what I mean. But to go out and turn into a revenue opportunity, license that so that other creative people can make cool and amazing stuff at various price points that open up to a broader market, and still makes their money right. and then guess what when insert knockoff firm here does the reverse engineer thing anyway and so, and doesn't pay you the license please by all means then go, go sue the him. pants off them exactly yeah. That's you deserve to get paid for your efforts you yeah. deserve to get paid for your product but again the answer to that is no this is ours and only ours and you can only get it from us right. and that's unacceptable
1: the, the Be crazy better. thing about this entire conversation we've just had is if this is an anomaly because they've yeah, always you're right. done it that way yes mm-hmm. it's all they, it's like is this isn't new
0: like and that's why Ken i feel like i mandela affected the whole like didn't they say they were going to do this <laughs> right. because it's just a it's just yeah. common sense and b there's precedence here right. yeah. like
1: like a hundred years of precedence you know with like <laughs> people you know it's just it's crazy but anyway so speaking of legal stuff I'll let you lead into the next one because this is a fun (laughs) gaming one that you I I have not played the game yet you
0: have I Cody has and I'm Cody I'm gonna let you run with it but just so you know too I can't speak to it much I I did my homework at least for once Uh and I spent about 20 minutes in this last night so I'll at least be able to speak to a little bit of firsthand experience but go for it
2: so yeah I mean all the it's all the talk of gaming right now um for sure so essentially um it's called Pow World. Um, they they assist. they made a game that essentially is very uh, reminiscent or similar looking to to Pokemon. Um, in that there are monster creatures that like roam around, and you can catch them in spheres, and you can use so them to fight. It
1: doesn't. It's not similar to Pokemon. It <laughs> is Pokemon.
2: So even so, they've put out a few statements because people have been saying sure. like you know, Nintendo's going to come after you, you know, they have likened themselves to a game like Ark or Valheim, like they're trying to call it a
0: survival game. Yeah. And there is like a huge crafting survival aspect. There, there, there there is. Well, to your point, Cody, when I, so I, before this even hit the news, I was mm -hmm. just like app snacking across game pass over last weekend. And I came across this on my recommended for you page on game pass. Mm. So I downloaded it without and I clocked one of the very first comments on the on the little download page was, you know, awesome game gonna play it as much as I can until uh the Pokemon company <laughs> yeah. sues them into oblivion. Exactly. Yeah. Was literally the comment and, and we I like of thinking interesting. The same
2: thing. Yeah, um yeah, cuz yeah, everyone was kind of thinking the same thing and I think to a degree it is uh like a mind- like we you call them Pokemon like not sure. what they're supposed to be called because that's like the normal I mean, thing you're used to seeing. yeah i mean a pal <laughs> um i haven't seen like the the graphic style is similar like the stylization you, of everything it is cartoonish you, to a degree
1: cody and i talked about this yesterday and he sent me some links and some pictures the the pokemon are it, it this was the joke that i made they're the they're great value pokemon mm. so it's like you went to it's like you went to walmart and, yes. and like, you know, you didn't want to spend the $5 on the pack of Pokemon. So you spent the, the $2 and a half, $2. 97 cents on the power world cards. And Ooh. they are almost exactly the same. Like some of them the, look the, exactly. The, they the same. are.
0: I will say though, the game itself, spending a whopping 19 minutes or so in it, um, Pokemon company. You're just mad because these people finally made the game that people have been asking you to make for two decades. Yeah. That's (laughs) the bigger issue. It doesn't look like Pokemon. It looks better. It plays Mm -hmm. better. And oh, PS, by the way, here's my hot take on the whole thing. Pokemon company, not the only people that should be sharpening their swords. There are dramatic elements of this that are just ripped straight out of Zelda.
2: Yeah. so there are actually that's funny that you mentioned that so like when you load into the game it does a little like piano uh-huh which yeah. is almost exactly like yes what no the music, the
0: music the music note was i'm i'm almost convinced they lifted that bit of like data right off of a cartridge they also um, did
2: the climbing and the gliding like the climbing zelda the does. gliding
0: art style a friend of ours came in because it was it was um, game night last night a friend of ours walked in and said are you playing zelda <laughs> I just, but like straight up, um, just, it looked, cause it looked like I was playing tears of the kingdom. Um, the chests look exactly like, like oh, there's, fine. there are visual elements. Obviously Pokemon is the obvious lift here, yeah. but I'm just here. I'm here to go on the record. Mm-hmm. There is just as much, like, if not conceptually definite, like material lifts right out of breath of the wild and wow. tears of the kingdom. So. oh yeah
2: and and that was like the thing like when i thought it was like a meme game or something like oh like sure. this is like a funny thing and like they're gonna get
1: like taken it you know, was like do, do they have a do they have a leg to stand on with with like the parody law is what i was thinking but it doesn't sound like they do oh yeah. god no
2: and, and, I, and i do wonder because they you know they've already got like i think they said six million unique logins like would, would Nintendo have done it already? Conflict. Like, would, the, would Nintendo have done it already? Like, if they were gonna
1: sue or or, or go after them in that manner, I wonder. Time to do that stuff, they're gonna go after them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna send they're gonna send a cease and desist. They're, they need to take a look at it first because they probably heard about it. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, Pokemon and Company's last and statement.
0: Yeah, Pokemon Company's most recent statement was it will quote unquote investigate Power World. Right. Mm-hmm. That that that's code for we have some lawyers literally playing the game right now, deciding how big of a sledgehammer do we throw it
2: And like you said, John, like yes, it is like a crafting game with like the Pokemon side element,
0: but it's so much better
2: than what Pokemon has done in the past five to ten years. Like that Ten is like the teasing. scary part. Is like okay, the copying part. them in a way, but like they're doing it better. Like to yeah. a degree, it's not an RPG like Pokemon where you like run around and you trainer. Like that's not how it plays. But the catching, the types, the naming schemes—they just combine like two things to make the name. You know, yeah. um well,
0: PS by the way, there's guns. But oh it's
2: yeah, not forget that so yeah you start off like that was get, the tagline like, um, i
1: heard when the game was, was first pokemon, with guns. pokemon with yes. guns yes so and as I've an example line, you can yeah. catch like a little
2: squirrel guy and uh he's got like a skill that he pulls out uh like a rifle and like shoots a gun like it's it is funny to a degree and i think it definitely brings up like you're catching monsters and you're making them work at your base and you're making them fight like Pokemon yep. never kind of touches on that, I feel like, whereas sure, this, is got, like, oh, this is yeah, a little Pokemon, weird. <laughs> you
1: know, you have them trapped in a ball. You're making them fight each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of a... This so really this kind of leads
2: right. more into that, where it's like they can work at your base and help, like, build stuff and, like... Yeah, labor. Yeah, exactly. I, wish, I was so just going to say
0: it that. Why don't, for that I was going to say the way Cody just described that instantly felt a little bit... Eesh.
2: <laughs> so there is, like, a that aspect, like, where you're like, Pokemon never kind of talks about that and this kind of it's more in your face where it's like oh yeah i guess we are like catching monsters and spheres and (laughs) using them to do what we want um but no i mean the game is really fun like surprisingly fun like it's actually like enjoyable um the crafting is like pretty decent the base is like fun the the world like it's what we wanted from the last pokemon game where you can fly around you see all of them roaming around and you can just like land and catch it or whatever like that's all in this so it's it's fun i mean it, it it broke the concurrent uh player count for Steam yep. of all Steam. time. Like That's it was crazy. like two million concurrent players. Like yeah, crazy. PUBG,
0: I think was the previous yep. record mm-hmm. holder or something yep. like that. Yeah. It's so yeah, so, I mean they're
1: gonna they're gonna come after him for sure. But I'll be interested to see what actually happens because like they've got you know, I guess with Steam they can take it away, right? Like so if so like there Steam was a can...
2: game that came out recently where it came out in such like a, a poor state that Steam actually refunded everybody and removed the game from remove the, the game okay. yeah so they like, have
1: the ability to do that so if they, they get sued and they have to they they can refund and pull the game yeah. whether you want it to or not so people are gonna right. have to like back up copies of it somewhere else and <laughs> yeah. they, you know and i'm sure people will i mean that's the thing once it's out it's never gonna completely you go you can't away. stop the signal and, and, baby. and someone did
2: make a Pokemon mod where they modded where all the Pokemon would be Pokemon and your character looked like Ash, looked ash. Oh, was Ash and that no one got aggressively the immediately. Taken down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they went after them, and that's blatantly
0: ripping off like that. Oh yeah,
2: that was too far,
0: but <laughs> uh, of course it was, and it just. It, it, what's funny is the more things like that pop up that are so blatantly obvious that need to be taken down, it actually mm-hmm. helps water down the case for right. like for the main one, but yeah. this other thing really left to its own devices it looks really really similar to Pokemon but by people actually putting up actual renditions of Pokemon mm-hmm. in this world it actually it yeah. builds the separation a little bit and I don't know there's a little bit of gamesmanship happening there that I think yeah I think it's up. close
1: because like the design yeah. Yeah, okay the developers so- on that update and see if <laughs> yeah. you know that mod and see if were- uh-huh. it looks similar they just changed one letter around yeah
2: yeah I mean I think they 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 did it almost they did the same thing but not in a way like right like the, they didn't like make a pikachu but there is like an electric thing that looks a little like one right he, ha- he
1: has a lightning bolt tail yeah he's yellow <laughs> they're riding the line so brown. close or it's black. like you know, you know it's like mm. and there was it, like a I, squirrel one you yeah. mentioned looks just yeah. like the, the i don't <laughs> remember all their names but no. my son plays pokemon and there's several of them that I was looking through and I'm like, oh there's a diglet. Oh, there's you know and like you can mm-hmm. see the act like you can tell that they're modeled Absolutely. right after the main the, the Pokemon. So and I
2: don't know if Pokemon just they they cornered that market on turning like animals into like little cute that, mos- yeah. catchable
1: monsters. And That's so to thing. do I that again know. is hard to I don't know the the legal side of it well enough yeah. to know that you I mean they're named different and they are not exactly the same exactly they, they look right. I, similar but can you can't and then mechanically and you know it's like
2: oh it's not a pokeball it's a pal sphere right it's
0: like (laughs) if i had to guess because i'm and this is i have no professional like ability to make this you know statement um i think they're okay yeah Mm -hmm. honestly like i there's enough at the end of the day The Pokemon company would have to, this is, this is, this is my insane troll logic here. Yeah. The Pokemon company would have to demonstrate damages. Sure. Okay. They'd have, and in my mind, that would have sales from us. Right. They would have to show where the existence of this thing has somehow resulted in damages to the Pokemon company's IP. And again, I'm sorry. If they're upset about their current sales figures, make a better game. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Like people pulled up like flying around in the in the new Pokemon, and then like you just even look at breath, you know, Breath of the Wild or this Power World. Like it's the graphical yeah. difference is night and
0: day. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, they could have you can't it, patent person running around in yeah, world it, with it, monsters. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and I mean, but they could have they could have made it a Pal Cube and it rolls like right. a six sided die and then opens up and captures. You know what I mean? But they made it a sphere and you know they made some and it choices. Does the jiggle it's thing
2: before it yeah. catches? And, does it? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. It does. Yeah. It it, it is. Yeah. But I think, I think John's right. I think like there, it's enough where they couldn't prove it for sure and like that they were stealing. But I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think with like the six million, like I would have thought Nintendo would have like said something to them already. Like, oh, you're like,
0: here's the best close. And it's not perfect, but nor would anyone expect it to be, but not a perfect comparison. But this feels to me like if this isn't okay then Rebel Moon shouldn't be allowed to be on Netflix. Sure. You know what I mean? Like this game, like this game feels like to me as it is to Pokemon, as Rebel Moon is to Star Wars.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would posit that Rebel Moon shouldn't be on Netflix, but okay. Well, I was (laughs)
0: was objectively bad, but my, my comparison (laughs) of Rebel Moon to Star Wars was not meant to be contrived as a positive mention or even (laughs) suggestion that it isn't a, burning pile of Zack Snyder garbage. <laughs> yeah, was bad. Now the Zack Snyder industrial complex is coming for me. But anyway, yeah. yes, um, I could have said the same thing other than the Zack about every bit of Star Wars content for a certain amount of recent history with just a few exceptions. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Negative commentary on rebel moon is sure. not meant to be a positive commentary on the current <laughs> yes. situation in Star Wars either. But as it relates back to this, I just, I just feel strongly there is big there's big precedent to be set here. I don't want this actually goes, goes lines right back to the to the lens conversation, right? Mm. Like should the Pokemon company and by extension Nintendo their overlords and saviors um be able to have such a broad sweeping cornerstone on the market that no one else can even try to make a yeah. product like this. And I think that's could that would be concerning to me if the answer is yes. And it shows that the market wants, well, Pokemon does it every time they're released.
2: They sell millions and millions of copies, tons of games. And I think this doing the same with almost this very similar concept, you know, a same, same concept is it, it. Proves that people want this type of like, it thing, the right? Like somebody else the can do this and make yes. a profit. You know, it's not just yes. a know who's doing it.
0: You know, more poorly now. And we need, but that that's it though. Because and that's why you need a constant, steady inflow of new players in a space, new the, the concept of new blood. Mm. Because you're right. Uh You know, the po- Pokemon as an IP, not in its heyday right now. It's just not but still sells. Um, yeah. But still sells. You know, I'll, I'll reuse the example. Star Wars definitely not in its heyday right now. Still mints cash. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So like these these age old IPs going back to again the Canon and Apple conversation, they deserve the recognition and the protection of the things they created. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying let's just flood the market with blatant, cheap knockoffs that dilute everything down to what's the point in trying and then nobody plays. That's not Mm -hmm. the point either. But to say, this is yours, only yours, and will ever be yours, and no one else can ever play anywhere near that line, That's how we get locked into a forever pattern of substandard, stale products that no one actually wants to use, but they're going to because it's the only option because no one else can even try. Right. That's what competition is supposed to negate. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see where they take it for sure, where Nintendo takes it. Oh, yeah.
1: No, definitely. They have a choice.
0: Yep. They could also just, you know, buy the people. (laughs) Last time I checked, They have more money than the GDP of several small to medium sized countries.
2: Yeah. And I I think I saw that the development team for for PowerWorld is like 10 guys. Yeah. Like it's really not like a huge company or anything like that. And also,
0: PS, by the way, don't mishear me. 10 guys out there, plant your pirate flag on the ground. Do not let them come acquire you because (laughs) we also need to put a stop to that nonsense. That was not meant to be a suggestion they should actually do that. You know, solve by acquisition, not doing great for our marketplace either. But. Mm. Uh, no it's it's so interesting to me you know the through line through a lot of these things like I said the camera the the canon lens conversation the the power world conversation you know there's just what does it all mean for them for an ever shrinking marketplace not of people looking to spend the money because again there's millions of people lining up to give, to throw their money at this thing. it's the shrinking marketplace of people able to or even willing to try to make new and interesting things because again, why bother trying to make the newer interesting thing if you know the next day your door is gonna get busted over with overpaid attorneys
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah so I mean I guess so let's go from companies competing with each other to a company competing <laughs> with itself so poorly um, yeah <laughs> Nvidia, Nvidia has released its the the 40 series of cards they have the super cards now so yep you know the. I think it starts at the seventy. So the forty seventy, the forty eighty, um, and that's it. I don't think they did a forty ninety. So the forty super, not ultra. Super, <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> so, but the funny thing is, they're coming in at a retail price that is lower than the non super cards. Oh, did. yeah. So
0: they're using the super name. It once upon a time, the super moniker was the mid cycle refresh refresh-ish but it was also a step up so it was like they would be sold in parallel and I feel this is much more a move of we overcharged for these cards as long as we feel like we can get away with but we also don't want to just like take that on the nose and lower the price of those cards so here's the super cards as the mid-cycle refresh that they're supposed to be more on that in a moment but we're also going to normalize the pricing to the post-pandemic post-chip shortage We need to get this mess under control price points, but there's more to the story than that.
1: I think the 4070 super comes in at like
0: 599 or something like that for the, uh, so it's, this is a situation where it's flat. Okay. 4070 T I, sorry. Yeah. The 4070 super might be 599. This, the, the TI super, right. Is flat $7.99 still. But okay. allegedly you're supposed to be getting more for your money. But yeah. that's where some of this is falling apart because in this situation, the 4070 Ti super, a lot of review like hands-on reviewers are getting low single-digit performance yeah, like increases.
1: Single 7% or something like that.
0: Some are yeah. getting three. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so not
1: <laughs> much of a performance increase, but the price is retail and yes from what we're hearing is it's supposed to actually be retail
2: that, know, going that's to be available the bigger story
1: that you can get them at retail oh. or even on sale so oh, it's not going to be right. like everybody buys all the cards and then doubles the price and you you still have to pay 1400 dollars for it like you're actually going to be able to get these at retail or below
2: yeah so finally
1: yeah exactly so we finally might be able to have 40 series cards that are reachable at msrp which would be kind of yeah. nice
0: Yes, and sorry, you are, you were very correct. The, the 4070 Super is 599 So it's 599 for the 4070, 799 for the 4070 Ti
1: and, Super. And for people and that aren't wanting to squeeze every bit of frame, like if you're looking for a 1440p card and even some light 4K gaming, the, the 4070 Super is plenty of card for most yeah. people that aren't trying to, you know. like It's a great okay, card. Absolutely. If you're okay with 55 frames a second instead of 60, you'll be fine you know what i mean it's like that kind of difference but there's some people that have to have the absolute most that they can get yeah you know and it's it's you know
0: i mean i'm sitting here next to my pc with a 4090 in it because that i don't (laughs) that i never because i want i built it because i wanted to right yeah look at that need um and that's why some of us do this um but i i agree with you 1440p remains in my opinion that golden middle ground yep of Value for your money, and now there's actually a hardware you can get to yes. competently play in that space at a price point that is at least reasonable. Yeah, to be able to yeah. go spend well under a thousand dollars, that means you could do an end to end build. I haven't done this exercise yet, but I would imagine well under 1500 all spent yep. and do a really, really competent PC gaming build at 1440p. That's great because mm-hmm. we've again talked about this on the show. Since the show's inception, we've been talking about this now for a couple of years. When we first kicked off, and we were still at the peak of the pandemic, supply chain issues, and chip shortages, and whatnot, you would have struggled to build that same level of competency for anywhere under twenty five hundred dollars.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say twenty five hundred. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, we've yeah. likely yeah. near
0: we've yeah. likely nearly halved it since that yep.
1: peak. Would would be my guess, which is insane, and that that means you can go out and get some ready built systems. Um, oh, sure. If you're okay with that for, you know, a lot less, you yep. know, especially in our sale times and things like that, which is, which is great. That means it's more no, accessible. I, I, at everything. any it means
0: time on an even accessible. sale. Yeah. You'll likely be able to pop onto alienware.com, not a sponsor, pick up a, you know, insert upper middle range device here on some ridiculous Dell sale and get it out the door for like 1200 bucks.
1: Exactly. And get what?
0: Yeah. The average person be able to connect that to a great monitor and play whatever they want for the next three to five years yeah. at medium settings, which is yeah. all most people want to do. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. would still tell you just go buy a game console. Right, um, I was going to say like, yeah, an
2: Xbox. That's that the weird
0: place that I live in, like the gaming because I did. I obviously. I'll be the first one to say I spent too much building my computer, but I did it because because I could because it's not because I could because it's something I enjoy to do. Yeah, Engineering you, it, building it, yeah. staring at the, it. The build I, it's is one of the biggest to, parts for you. Yeah, yes. But as far as like if we're if we're actually on like like value per dollar equation, I'm not going to sit here and even start the holy war of whether it's be an <laughs> Xbox a PlayStation. But sure. I mean, to be really ridiculous about it, for the cost that we're talking about, building an, an upper middle range PC. You could actually go buy an Xbox and a PlayStation mm-hmm. and a Switch OLED, and mm-hmm. if you really go crazy, you might have enough le- left around to go buy a Steam Deck as well. Like right. when you think about that in the totality of how you know where your dollars could potentially go, I will again. PC gaming is not a value proposition. It has never right. been. It never will be. It's something I love, and countless people have, and, and I hope continue to. I get. I'm not. This is not a negative of the PC gaming space, but I also want to be abundantly clear when I talk about things being value on the dollar. There's no such thing as value on the dollar in the PC gaming space. There's just mm. not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's that's all I had on my list for stuff today. So I think we I think we covered the gambit here. We've got.
0: We, it really feels that way. Um. i I'm, I'm just completely squirreled on like. My- it's almost been a year since I built that PC and you're right. They had the only thing that saved me for myself is they have not announced a 4090 super yet right. <laughs> So, because I did not pay yeah. retail for my 4090, no, I didn't pay, yeah. I didn't pay the peak upcharge. Like there was a, again, we've talked about, it, there was a time that I would have had to have paid for my 4090 what it cost me to build the whole computer. Right. And that, yeah, that was what, basically. that was what put me off doing a build for, over a year year longer yeah yeah, than i than i want originally wanted to because i refused to participate in the level of price scalping and just ridiculous overage charging that there was in the component space for really the better part of two years if not more it it got excessive there for a while ram and everything was crazy well and the other psa i guess i mentioned this to you guys offline the other day since we're talking about this and we're completely off the rails um if you're here I am about to, I'm the problem, it's me. Um, <laughs> if, if, if there's a possibility that you may need storage, I've, I've read on sev- several reputable sources that um, like certain types of uh, NAND flash storage is in short supply because not for any big like we've all had the issues where like insert earthquake here that destroyed a factory and then there's like this isn't as far as i know one of those situations it's a literal case of with like the global marketplace going through some flux right now um companies that produce these things turned down production as like inflation, other things kind of took hold and like it was unsure like where demand was going to go. So production was slimmed down. So now we're on, you know, you guys know, it's a a ping pong effect, right? Well, we're on the pong side of it where they lowered production. There's still enough demand out there. The supply is starting to dry, dry up. So cost of SSDs especially is expected to spike relatively dramatically in the coming months. Won't be forever. They'll turn production back up. You know, supply and demand curves are a real thing. But like, I'm I'm using myself as the example. The 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 PC build we're talking about. And I think I think I talked about it when back when we built it. I, I only put two terabytes of storage in it. But again, in the modern PC space, blowing through two terabytes of storage if you want to keep any PC. amount of your yeah. game yeah. of yeah. your yeah. game yeah. library, it's not that hard. Singular games are handily. Up above 100 gigs. I've got a couple that touch 160, 170 gigs. Crazy. So per game. So anyway, I was was still able to score um, the Western Digital Black uh, PCIe 4 SSD 4 terabyte um, for almost half off. So um it, so it, the deals are still to be had out there I guess the, the the baby PSA here is don't go out and buy it for the sake of buying it cuz again the prices will come back down again they're they're forever in this state of flux. Warg is getting ready to enter one of the I'm I'm guessing one of the spikier periods. So if like me I just knew unless I wanted to just stop consuming storage which it was never going to happen (laughs) it was either get out ahead of it and buy it now or by the time i was likely going to have to go out and buy it i was going to end up spending noticeably more so i just bit the bullet and bought it while it was still available on the cheaper end of the end of things yeah
1: so yeah i mean i just i had just bought one you know i was getting a ps5 together and everything oh yeah and i i got a two terabyte drive to put in the the ps5 because it has that expansion slot and yep. i nice. was able to do the same thing i got it for well under 100 bucks for a really speedy one and it was like yep. yeah it was crazy how cheap you can get it for but that's, that's the thing like you said yeah pretty soon you won't and then you're not gonna you know if you're trying to I build that you did, and you yeah. know that's coming up get it now
0: mm-hmm. just in case so yeah yeah all right well on that uh Consumer advice bombshell. God, that's nothing go. we've ever been accused of giving anyone. <laughs> uh, I think that's where we'll start to wrap it up. You guys have anything else before we uh, get out of this one?
1: I don't think so. Just uh, if you want an RF lens from a company not Canon, you better grab it before they pull them off the shelves, I guess.
0: That's right. Or go spend an entirely go too World. much money on a Voightlander and uh, yep. be prepared yes. to do some manual lens adjustments.
1: May so. have done that
0: may have done that. And yes, you're right Cody. Go go play the world maybe while, while you, you okay. can for question your, for mark
2: your, for your refund later. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that, that's it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, on that we will wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. Later.